Good evening. Welcome to Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauber. I'm an employment law and business law attorney, and I host this live weekly talk show and this live video broadcast every Tuesday night from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on Talk Radio NYC, where I have guests who discuss some of the most novel, interesting, and challenging issues that business owners and employers face today during these challenging times. And in that spirit, I'm very pleased tonight to welcome uh, a colleague of mine, a fellow attorney, a fellow counselor, Len Garza. Uh, Len, welcome to the show. Great to have you on. Eric, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, same here. This is a while to make it. I'm glad you can make it tonight. And uh, we have an interesting topic for our audience uh, this evening. And um, I want to introduce Len, of course, as well, so you have a sense of whom you're speaking with, whom I'm speaking with. And um, so our topic tonight, I'll start with that, is uh, estate planning for business owners. <clears throat> and what Len and I will be discussing is that when a business owner plans to leave their business to a relative or a close employee as part of their estate, issues of estate planning overlap with tenets of business law. So what steps do business owners need to take in order to plan for succession of a sound business with a solid legal foundation. So if you'll join me tonight with my guest, corporate law estate planning attorney, Lynn Garza, we'll discuss the nuts and bolts of having a legally sound business. And we'll talk about the estate planning factors to consider when bequeathing one's business to a family member, partner, or employee. And so folks, in that regard, our guest tonight on the show is, as I mentioned, Lynn Garza Esquire, corporate attorney, founder of Garza, it's the law firm, and Len is, as I mentioned, the founder of Garza, a law firm focused on protecting the personal and business assets of business owners and other individuals and families. Len has been interviewed in numerous media outlets, including Forbes, Entrepreneur, Law Insider, CBS News, I'm sorry, CBS News Radio, Inc. Magazine, and many more. In 2021, Len was recognized by Thomson Reuters as a super lawyer, uh, a rating service of outstanding lawyers who have attained a high degree of peer recognition and professional achievement. A frequently requested lecturer on a variety of topics, including inheritances, Len enjoys educating his community and guiding business owners and their families in the path to building and protecting generational wealth. So with that, Len, like I said, you know, it's really good to have you on site for this great topic. Yeah, thanks for having me, Eric. I'm I'm really excited to talk with you because I think there are a lot of things um, that business owners and employees, really anybody anybody in a business, um, can learn from tonight. So I'm excited to talk with you about it. Excellent. Same here, Len. Same here. All right. So I guess my my first question I often ask my guests is, you know, a little bit more getting to know you. Um, so if if you could tell us a bit more about yourself, maybe um, how did your career initially start out? And then what prompted you then to become a business law attorney and to found your own firm, Garson? Sure. So, uh, sure, sure, Eric. So it did not start out with me doing what I'm doing now. As, as many uh, origin stories of attorneys and, and a lot of non-attorneys out there start out, right? I, I right. took a journey here, uh, and it's really a journey I 
I uh, didn't know a lot of the time where it was heading in the past, but I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that it, it led to where I am now because I'm really passionate about what I do now and, and, and helping the people and the businesses. And at the end of the day, what are businesses? At the end of the day, they are people. Everything comes back to the people, um, comes back to the companies, no matter the logo or, or big companies, whatever. At the end of the day, it really comes back down to the people and, and how can I make the greatest impact with the with the unique particular skills that I have, right? We all have skills, we all have things, focuses and passions that we focus on. So my journey really led me here. Um, I've been practicing law for you know just over 15 years. And when I started out, um, I was in court all the time. Uh, I was I was a litigator. Right. And so I was a business litigator and I was in courts, uh, mainly state courts every now and then federal courts, but mainly state courts in New York and New Jersey, arguing all the time, um, drafting briefs, motions in courts before judges and the conference conferences did that for for many years, about a decade or so. And uh, it was a long long road to really seeing that, you know, that really wasn't the road for me, didn't really match my temperament. I mean, what I was really interested in and grew to to where I am today was, you know, I was in court um, helping businesses, you know, maybe representing one business partner who it was, it was turning into a bad partnership breakup, right? So basically a business divorce handled so many court cases like that, where, you know, the, the relationship had gone bad. It was already insalvageable and we were in court already. Um, breach of contract actions, right? One, one, uh, a business relationship gone bad. At one time it was good. They have a contract. Now one saying, oh, we're not going to pay you for this, that, and the other, or we're not going to perform this, that, and the other, or allegations, both sides, all that's in the past. By the time I was coming in, we were fighting it out in court already, right? So, so that's one side of it. But in doing that for years, Eric, I found that what I really became interested in is, you know, how could this be avoided? Do, do businesses or businesses in the business of being in court? Well, of course not. It, it, it happens, you know, understandably. But if these businesses hadn't had any choice, they'd be focused on their own business. At least that's what I always thought. So I became really um, compelled in the front end of the business, um, which I, what I call, you know, legal, you know, litigation, maybe more the back end, but the front end advising companies before anything um, potentially goes sideways or wrong. And, and what are the different ways to do that? Well, helping them with their overall structure their contracts, their relationships, their relationships with, um, the, I mean, you understand this, Eric, you know, sure. employees, independent yeah. contractors, which is a whole separate subset, really kind of its own specialty with all the, all the laws and issues there. But that's one set. What about the relationships with, with internally with other owners, partners, mm-hmm. externally, joint ventures, other organizations, <laughs> clients, customers? It all comes down to relationships, right? And yeah. for things to go wrong and get into court, it's it's a rupture in that relationship. So I really became passionate about saying, hey, let's rewind things at the mm-hmm. core when that when that contract is being drafted. And even before that, um, the negotiations and the communications, 
that's where I want to be involved. That's where I want to be talking to the business owner saying, look, from my experience in court, this is what I see. This is where I see these relationships go sideways. This is what we need to do to protect that. That's something I'm really passionate about. And even on that side as well, I'm very passionate about, you know, we're helping to protect your business on the business end with all these agreements. But for a business owner, um, for example, or even employees, Mm -hmm. you think you spend so much time in your business um, or in your work you know, 40 hours or more and uh, a week and many more. And we're so focused on the now and getting through now and the next quarter. And what does that look like? Um, What does it look like when we're gone? Um, And by Mm -hmm. me and that, you know, it's not too pleasant of a thing, a thing to think about, but what, what happens when we, when we pass away, when we die, sure. right? We have all these things that, that we put in. We have loved ones. Everybody has loved ones, whether you have kids or not, whether mm-hmm. it's, it's, it, whether it's even a person or not, it may be sure. a charity, a cause, something. Mm-hmm. So, so you have all these assets that you build up and specifically with the business, um, what happens and where do you want that to go? Well, if you don't plan around where you want it to go and be specific, very high probability that the way it actually goes will not be the way that you want it to go, right? And I really think that's, that's um, you know, uh, that's a real shame and even some cases a tragedy. It could be a very life-changing to a lot of people that you have it go where you want to. So that's, that's the estate planning end with the corporate mm-hmm. planning. And we'll get more into the details a little bit more, I'm sure, Eric, yeah, but I just sure. really get, passionate about this stuff and, and doing it right yeah wow some great stuff there you know that really that background first off you know i think we can all hear your passion about you know helping the businesses now you know with the foundation with the relationships with the, the the proactive approach right to make sure that you know things are solid you can foresee what might go wrong so you're you're drafting you know contracts like you're drafting the corporate agreements you're helping partners to communicate is what i'm hearing so right. that they don't end up in court. And I really, you know, respect that and relate to that. Um, and it's funny how many uh, attorneys I've had on the show. I've had various folks in various professions, but the attorneys, a lot start out either in litigation and either they, like yourself, you know, like they trans, they sort of uh, migrate into something else, um, such as compliance or uh, transactional work, or they might take a path like my personal path that I took was much like you, you know, like I was, um, exclusively into litigation and appeals. So I started out doing federal civil rights litigation, you know, employee side labor, wage and hour, and immigration court and appeals. So I, you know, like you thought I was every day in court, arguing, fighting, you know, drafting those briefs, depositions, and it was trying to burn me out too. And I just restructured my practice, um, as I've heard you say you did with yours, but to make it like there's still litigation, I do like that, you know, uh, at times, and I think maybe like a third of my practice is litigation, but the rest is the employment law, compliance, employment law, consulting, you know, and drafting. So, so I appreciate that. And also just your point about the intersection, like we're talking about, you know, this evening, that you've got the business law, you know, making sure the business is in place when the people are here on earth, what happens when people pass away, you know, and what happens to their assets. So um, I just appreciate that, you know, hearing your process, hearing like how, you know, you went through that litigation and decided it wasn't for you. And um, and then, but now you're doing something you actually really want. So that's right. always great to hear when people come on the show. You know, I think yeah. it's great to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. definitely to, to what you said, Eric, you know, there were burnout, right? I call it oh, yes. the B word. 
Um, that was something that I was very close to very earlier in my career. And I thought, you know what, if I'm working so hard for these clients, but I burn out um, and I'm not taking care of myself, then that means I can't take care of the clients I supposedly care. So, which I do, I cared so much yeah, for. Sure. And then it's just like, you know what? I, I really need to take care of myself. And part of that is really going towards an area that I'm really passionate about. And there got to be a time where, you know, I wasn't as into litigation or rather I didn't mm-hmm. realize I was as into it, Eric. Mm-hmm. Because I saw others across the table that clearly it's like a very meant to be type thing in life. Yes. Like they are the meant to be litigators. And although I felt I was I was good or, or above mm-hmm. adequate or whatever, no I just said, yeah. you know what? I don't have that extra level they do. Mm-hmm. I need to search yeah. that out for myself. Right. right. And, and at the time, it was a very uncomfortable decision because I sure. said, well, well, what can I go to exactly? But then I did, you know, some deep soul searching and really go into mm-hmm. it. And, 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 you know, what I've told you about so far in this podcast is, mm-hmm. you know, it didn't come up overnight, as I'm sure a lot of your realizations are. These are many, many nights of realizations and soul searching to focus on, hey, I really like this. And this is where I can really provide value. For me, it's, Len, go to the very front end to help people, you know, businesses avoid being in court to begin with. Some mm-hmm. the court's inevitable sometimes, yeah, right? Sometimes. But not, but not all times, not all mm-hmm. times. So mm-hmm. for me, I like to try to pinpoint some of those areas with what I do where I can really help businesses. And then also um, I have a passion for estate planning as well. And seeing that intersection, blending those, that's where I've, I've really found my passion and, and been in that zone for, for years now and, and, and look mm. to be for years to come. Excellent, Lynn. You know, I'm sure a lot of our audience hopefully can relate and identify if you're out there listening tonight, maybe you're in your own respective career or business and you have to pivot a bit like Lynn has. Um, it's great to hear. We're actually at our first commercial break, but that was a really solid, strong opening in terms of just getting us off to our, to our topic and more about you, Lynn. So um, we're going to take our, our first break. Um, when we come back, Len and I will discuss some of the key business law basics that a company ought to have in place for a successor to take over the range. And we'll talk more about, as Len referenced, estate planning considerations for business owners. So stick around. You're listening to or watching us here on Talk Radio NYC, Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Slaber. Our guest tonight, Len Garza. We'll be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? 
Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauber. Our guest tonight is a corporate business law attorney and estate planning attorney, Lynn Garza, founder of the law firm Garza. And um, for those joining us late, we talked a little bit about Lynn and his background and how he found his journey, his path from beginning in litigation and business, what we call commercial litigation at times, to uh, helping business owners now with the, the foundational elements, those transactional and uh, the transactions and the com- documents and the contracts and such and the planning. So um, with that regard, I guess our next question I have uh, tonight, Len, for you is just what are some key business law basics that you believe a company needs to have in place in order for them to be ready for a successor to someday take over the reins? Oh, I'm sorry. I think you're muted, by the way. Just um, Oh, thank you. Um, Not a problem. No problem can you at all. hear me? Great. I think. Uh, great. Yes. Great. Happens everyone. <laughs> so, thank you, thank you, Eric. Uh, it's not good to be uh, technologically challenged for me in this <laughs> technological age, right? So, thanks for the help there. Um, business law basics. You know, I love that term because they are basics. Yet, mm-hmm. I feel they're they're so many times they're missed. Is it the fact that it's so basic or obvious? that it gets overlooked. I'm not sure. Maybe that's part of it. Um, but but these are just some of the things, Eric, that, you know, just rattling off a few quickly here that when I'm working with companies, uh, these are one of these are some of the things that I want to take a look at and mm-hmm. perform an audit. Or, you know, if it's a company that's that's um, been been going, I want to do an audit uh, if they've been dealing with another law firm before me. But um, some companies have been doing it the DIY route, right? So especially with those, um, not only do an audit, but also be ready to to correct or, or, or prepare some of this stuff for the first time. So for example, just starting right off at the top, who are you as a business? Who are you as a business? And from a legal perspective, what I mean is, what's your entity type? How are you structured? And, and what kind of thought as a business owner did you put into that? Um, some just say, look, I, I um, uh, didn't put much thought at all. They just go out there and, and mm-hmm. start winging it and start practicing and um, don't really worry about forming an entity or anything and just go for it. Um, well, the answer to that is it's not that you don't operate as an entity at all. The law 
and, and this goes for a lot of areas, especially estate planning and mm-hmm. um, corporate law, is just because you, the business owner, don't pick what you are, doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you're in a gray area as far as the law. Many times the law right. will assign you um, a characteristic and you may not like what they assign you as. So for example, if you don't set up an entity, entity yes. structure, why it's so important, your entity structure under the law, most often, more often than not, is what's called a sole proprietorship. So mm-hmm. that in effect is an entity structure. Now, what's what are the pros and cons of that? Well, the pros are you didn't have to do anything to set it up. You mm-hmm. automatically are that. You don't have to file anything with the state like other types of entities. You don't have to pay any any state-specific entity formation fees. Um, you may have to pay other fees like franchise taxes and things like that. You're not immune sure. from that as a, as a sole proprietorship. Mm-hmm. But um, it's easy, right? You don't have to go mm-hmm. through anything. You don't need a lawyer to form that at all. Um, right. The downside is the easy is about the only good thing about it. Uh, yes. Because as far as liability protection, um, right. there is none. You have none. So business is risky. Um, indeed, like as I tell my, my clients, business is risky. Indeed, life is risky. Right. Yes. So so it's all about a lot of times when you go for risk mitigation and what can you do um, to try to, to mitigate that risk. You can't mm-hmm. always bring the risk to zero. Or you can't sure. most of the time, but there are things you can do to mitigate it. So sole proprietorship, if somebody wants to come after not only the assets in your business, but if you don't have enough in your business that you're making, if you get sued from a client or from a from a vendor or creditor or whoever, mm-hmm. um, or, from, or from the IRS or state sure. taxing authorities, think of any, any way you can get sued. If they come after mm-hmm. you, they can reach your personal assets. So what does that mean? Yeah. They can come after your house. Yep. They can come after your cars. cars. They can come after your bank accounts, right? Eric, mm-hmm. you you and I know this. This is something that get, gets beaten into our head in law schools. Sure. And even, you know, we study so much. Right. So many business owners that are sophisticated mm-hmm. in their specific business right. or profession, whether it be doctors, engineers, um, you know, the trades, anything like that, very good at what they do. When you step back out into legal ramifications or anything, mm-hmm. huge blind areas, right? I, I'm yes. sure you see it from the employment law perspective. Law, absolutely. Mm-hmm. This area is no different, right? There, yeah, there are sure. huge blind areas, traps for the unwary. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. one of them. What type of entity structure are you? Um, right. There's other types, C corporation, S corporation, LLC. There, there are a number of different types, mm-hmm. but um, totally. they, they each have distinct characteristics. And it's important to know which you are because that is going to dictate what your potential liabilities and protections are. And also where are you going as a company? It's going mm-hmm. to dictate how some of the roadmap that you have to take to get there. If you're going for a certain size, going for investors, mm-hmm. um, a C yeah. corporation, most yeah. often, you definitely want to be a C corporation. If mm-hmm. you're not, if you're not looking for outside investment, but are, are looking for maybe a lot more flexibility in tax planning, some may say, well, an S corp is good. S corporation's good there. Mm-hmm. LLC partnership, those all offer different types of tax planning ramifications there. Um, sure. But again, uh, that's it. That We can do a whole hour on that, right? But oh, yes, definitely. I'll put that aside. So that's one of them. Um, mm-hmm. uh, 
equity. How is your equity split? Um, yes. So if true. you have partners, for example, I, I see, I work with companies many times that, you know, okay, mm-hmm. if it's, if you're a single business owner, you own a hundred percent, that's easy. Mm-hmm. You own a hundred percent, but right. very rarely does it stay that way. Many of the business I talk with, if they start mm-hmm. out with one, they're always at some point becomes a, at least a discussion of, yeah. oh, I'm thinking of bringing on a partner. Or, oh, I have this employee that I hired that wants equity. They want a piece of the business. Or I'm thinking of making them a full-blown partner. Whether or not that actually happens or not is one thing. Whether Mm -hmm. or not you're actually thinking about it as a business owner, that almost happens, you know, very close to 100% of the time with the businesses I'm Mm -hmm. dealing with. So you need to think about how that goes. If they become partner, um, you want to make sure to have that documented and follow the right legal ramifications for that. Um, and when you have partners, here's another item that a basic business basic, um, mm-hmm. you want to have a written partnership agreement. This is so yes. important because so important. The, the, the complexities within having a partnership mm-hmm. going from one to two or more, yes. it, 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 it's a gulf of difference between you mm-hmm. being alone and then all the complexities to, to add another person or more partners, because now you you have rights obligations conditions um yep. amongst all of you what are your amongst rights, each what other are your rights amongst yeah. each other and everybody to the company <clears throat> um it grows exponentially the amount of things that you need to to do and, and why do you do this is it complex just for complexity's sake no of course not it's mm-hmm. complex because you want to make sure everybody is where everybody's talking apples to apples not right. apples to oranges very simple stripped down example. If we mm-hmm. have a partnership, you have a partnership of two people um, mm-hmm. and you don't have a written partnership agreement. Mm-hmm. What is, how do we split profits and losses? Is it 50, mm-hmm. 50? Uh, maybe it's 50, 50, but should it be 50, 50? Do you right. have one founder that thinks, you know what? Now it's not 50, 50. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. really at least 60 or 70% and I'll give you 30, 25%. Okay. But has that been documented anywhere? Has that right. been written down where both people signed? That may seem like a very obvious thing, Eric, um, but mm-hmm. so many business owners, that has not been documented. And that is the seed for future conflict and litigation yes. because that's where misunderstandings really spring. So those are just a few mm-hmm. of them. And the other is, is team members, agreements, not only with your partners, but team members. And this is mm-hmm. your area, right? What are, who are your team members? What are they? Are they employees, freelancers, independent mm-hmm. contractors? This isn't a question just to gloss over as a business owner. You need to know that. You need to, to know the laws. Better yet, have your employment lawyer know the laws. There are yes. so many. And as a business owner, you want to focus on your zone of genius, building your business, whatever. Right. You don't want to spend so much time going into and trying to figure out and interpret the employment laws, which, by the way, change all the time. Oh, you yes, really want a specialist. Yeah. <laughs> you want a specialist in this area. So, um, yeah, Eric, I'm, you've talked about that many times on, on this podcast, but that is a huge, huge area that we could spend many hours, you know, yes. just talking at. But as yes. an overall business um, attorney, that's even an area that I know of well enough to get a specialist like yourself involved, because sure. that's such a such a niche area, and the laws change mm-hmm. all the time. That I tell my clients, look, 
you know, th- this is something where we need to bring in a specialist because um, it just, it's, it's too important to, to assume or potentially go on old knowledge. So, yeah. Absolutely. And that last point, I mean, many good points are that, but that last point, you know, about, you know, having a specialized attorney, like in employment law, for example, or in business law, you know, if you've got, right. let's say your family attorney, you know, a brother-in-law who does like personal injury or divorce, wonderful. If you need them in that area, great. But sometimes I think business owners think, well, you know, my nephew, you know, is uh, working in a small firm, he does divorce, he does, you know, will, so I'm going to have him do my corporate documents. And as you mentioned, there are a lot of factors, like, well, and the reasons why I would say, you know, go to someone like yourself, but, you know, like Garza, because you've got the structure and the foundation, and as you mentioned, which entity to choose and why, and absolutely, you know, the planning is very important. Like, where is the business? Where are you now? Where do you want to be? Do you want to attract investors? Do you want to have a flexible schedule with the partners? All the, the issues about, you know, the corporate veil or protecting one's assets, absolutely. And the importance of writing. And that's why I see parallels in employment law where, you know, writing things down, having employment agreements, having employee handbooks, having clear right. communication. Let's you talk about that too. You know, if one partner thinks they're getting 50% and they talk about getting 30% and there's a clash without that written contract to, to look to and say, what well, what's happening? What do we agree to? Um, it could be a field day. And, you know, it's funny, we're actually, yeah, we're actually at our next commercial break, if you believe how fast time flies on the show, it's really incredible to me every week. But um, I will let our guests know that you're you're watching Employment Law today or listening to us live on Talk Radio NYC. I'm your host, Employment Law Attorney Eric Sauver, and my guest tonight, uh, Business Law and Corporate Attorney and Estate Planning Attorney, Len Garza. We're talking about estate planning for business owners. When we come back, Len and I will discuss some of these day planning considerations to take into account and how that might change if you want to leave your business to an employee, a partner, or a relative. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
Welcome back to Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauber. Employment Law Attorney here tonight with our guest, Glenn Garza, a corporate and business attorney and also a state planning attorney and founder of the law firm Garza. And for those that might be joining us late, or just those that might want to recap, we cover a lot of ground. We're talking about really two interconnected issues, right? The business basics for a sound business, um, you know, taking those steps to avoid perhaps potential litigation, making sure you're set up well with, as Len mentioned earlier, different contracts in place, the right corporate entity formation, uh, partnership agreements between yourself and your fellow partners, be it members of an LLC or shareholders in a C-Corp or S-Corporation. So a lot we're talking about here, a lot to cover, but we're also talking about why are we keeping our business uh, in good shape? Well, two couple reasons. Number one, to avoid litigation, as, as Len pointed out uh, quite wisely before, right? You wanna be in good shape so that you're not opening yourself up to disputes. But the other, I think, point that we discussed earlier was the fact that, you know, when you do die or pass along uh, and your company, let's say, is, is being you know, bequeathed to somebody, um, what are some estate planning considerations? Is that I thought we could talk about next that works with you, uh, Len? A little estate planning? Uh, great, okay. So I guess my next question for you, Len, is wondering, what are some estate planning considerations that a business owner ought to take into account when leaving a business to their relative or employee and all the different steps to take when you leave a business to an employee or a business partner compared to, let's say, a son or a nephew or grandson? Right, yeah, and so, these are very important things because, you know, business owners, people in general, um, there are a lot of assumptions that I see get made by business owners. And as, as we've touched on before, Eric, the law doesn't do assumptions. Uh, yeah, what, 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 what people thinks the, think the law is or assumptions or what they think would work out, the law does statutes, agreement well well the law does agreements you know as far yes. as is 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 contract law and estate planning are, are concerned the mm. law does agreements what's written down you know we call it as lawyers the four corners of the contract right so yes. so what are you know you have your business contracts but on the personal end wills trusts mm. powers of attorney healthcare directives at the end of the day these are contracts, right? These are right. these are contracts between whoever is making the contract and some other person or party, maybe a couple of other, but at least one other person. So at the end of the mm -hmm. day, they go down to what is the person, what are the what are the parties' intents? What are the intents of the contract, right? Mm -hmm. So if you don't have that, and who's asking that question? I think it's important. Who's asking whose intent it is? Well, right. you know, we yeah. go to the end of the day and say, you know, I think of who's asking that question. Well, it's a court. You, you go to the situation where a court or a judge who has no idea who you are, doesn't know you, doesn't know your business, doesn't know your family, has a stack of other files on their desk every single day that replenishes every single day, um, uh, you know, stacks of files that they need oh, yes. to go through. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how do you make things easy for them if it gets there? Well, if they have documents to look after, right, it's all the better because they just they can they can read these things. If they yeah. don't have documents to look through, well, they're going to say, what does the law say? And mm -hmm. what is the law? Well, the law is statutes, 
both federal and state statutes, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. case law, regulations. It's sure. all of this other body of law, which is very akin to trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. So right. it's the square peg of your situation, of your mm-hmm. life, all of your idiosyncrasies. Yeah. Fitting that into the round hole of statutes, law, and everything. Because whoever was right. drafting the statutes, Congress, mm-hmm. everyone, um, they have no idea of your specific situation, your family mm-hmm. situation. By definition, mm-hmm. they don't have that. They're outlining a game map, game plan for how to address certain situations. So as far yeah. as estate planning, corporate law, um, mm-hmm. there are statutes that govern all these situations. Each state has mm-hmm. their own statute. We mm-hmm. have federal regulations to follow. So sure. for example, that, that's a big overview to, to, to come it back and uh, to strip it mm-hmm. back and get directly to your question, Eric, is sure. that... Um, is that um, business owners, relatives, close friends, or close employees, right? All of what I just mentioned, actual agreements, state law, statutes, and everything, that is what's going to govern. It's Mm -hmm. not what the business owner thinks or the family thinks. I'll give you an example, right? So true. Um, A a business owner says, uh, uh, you know what? I, um, you know, let's call her Allison. Allison is a star employee. She's been with me for over a decade. Uh, Allison is my, you know what? She's been my vice president forever. Um, I'm going to promote her to COO, chief operating officer. Um, So really love Allison. She's yeah, mm-hmm. if anything happens to me ever, she's the one that takes takes care of everything. He tells all his employees this, tells right. others. It's very clear. He's told Allison this many times in meetings, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. She's the one. Sure. That business owner dies all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Well, what right. happens? Allison says, well, I must be taking over. That's all mm-hmm. he would be telling me that I would take over the company. How do I do this? Well, as she starts mm-hmm. digging into things and she lawyers up, so to speak, gets a lawyer mm-hmm. to start mm-hmm. digging into things. Um, she, that lawyer doesn't like what the lawyer sees because the yes. lawyer asks for a number of different documents, asks mm-hmm. for, um, also talks to the lawyer for the family of the business owner. When she talks mm-hmm. to the family, the business owner, um, that lawyer says, well, he had an operating agreement, but nowhere is Allison mentioned in this operating agreement as the right. successor. Big problem. That yes. has to happen. Allison is a non-family member. But it actually wouldn't even matter whether she was a family member or not. If Mm -hmm. it's not outlined in that operating agreement uh, or there's there's no other agreement or written indicia that Allison has signed off on and the business owner has signed off Mm -hmm. on that she's Mm -hmm. getting a share, doesn't matter what her business title is. It literally has no effect. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter who told what to whom. If it's not diagrammed yes. and documented, um, mm-hmm. not saying that she couldn't eventually have shares of the business, but mm-hmm. uh, um, you know it, she's going to have a lot less direct path than otherwise. So right. what would exactly. happen? What would happen if there are no there uh, are no shares? Well, you know, let's say that business owner who is a male um, and had no documents mm-hmm. under the under the laws of most states. Mm-hmm. Um, that would go to his wife. Well, guess sure. what? His wife has never, you know, the most that she knows about the business are, mm-hmm. you know, the two times a week, maybe he gets home in time to have uh, to have dinner, may mention a mm-hmm. couple of comments to her about the business. She has no idea right. about the business right. at all. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, 
She is now running the business. Oh, but but that's not all. She's mm-hmm. running the business probably mm-hmm. 12 months down the line because mm-hmm. whether he had a will or didn't have a will, that's how long the probate process takes yes. to distribute all the assets and get it in the right hands. Well, mm-hmm. since then, this uh, business has been running rudderless without mm-hmm. a true head because right. Allison is trying to run things as best she can, assuming she's even still there at the company and hasn't quit right. already because of how difficult it is, but she is not the legal owner of this business. Um, Mm -hmm. She may or may not have signatory power anymore, Mm -hmm. probably doesn't. Mm -hmm. And the business has essentially died on the vine. I've actually heard of this happen, you know, a few times. And it's really tragic because it it, it It affects people. People get laid off. People have to leave. The company can't pay its bills. Um, Mm -hmm. Just a whole parade of horribles happen when you don't have these things documented. So that is... that's, let's say that's an employee, non-family member. So sure. if there's a family member, then mm-hmm. for example, if it's a wife um, that also happens to work in the business, uh-huh. um, if there doesn't, I say there, I use this very carefully, there doesn't have to be an agreement. There right. absolutely right. should be an agreement. Yes. Anyway, there Agreed absolutely should be. So, right. so if there was no agreement, if there was a husband and, and the wife was involved in the business, the business now, unlike Allison's situation, who's merely an employee, the business mm-hmm. by law would transfer to the wife. The only mm-hmm. problem is because of the court's probate process, that Fair would enough. take so long to officially right. take effect. It would take many months in effect. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. about you, Eric, but as a business owner, me and mm-hmm. many of my clients, if things were put on hold and I couldn't sign off on things and have mm-hmm. legal authority to, to, mm-hmm. to, to have things come through, um, my business mm-hmm. wouldn't last a month, much, much mm-hmm. less, you know, much less many right. months by the time the yes. court gets a chance to adjudicate that. So how do you right. shorten that process? You right. have written agreements. You right. have written agreements. Mm-hmm. You have it laid out in that operating agreement or rather mm-hmm. a partnership agreement that mm-hmm. in the event of death of the owner, mm-hmm. this person takes over. The wife mm-hmm. takes over. You have, Allison you know, takes over, right? Allison takes over, mm-hmm. something like that. Sure. Um, you have it funded by life insurance. That's a mm-hmm. smart thing to do. Whereas, yeah. so when, if Allison takes over and the mm-hmm. wife of the owner comes saying, hey, we want our share of the business, the life insurance, we have a legal title to get a, a legal entitlement to that share. The life mm-hmm. insurance pays her out. So all mm-hmm. of a sudden she's made whole. And this business is truly Allison's. She doesn't have to negotiate with the wife now about estate planning payouts, I see this happen quite frequently all the time, or rather businesses set up for this Mm -hmm. to happen, right? And it can sink a business. So, Mm -hmm. so those are, those are, those are key things where some of the things are the same when we're talking about, you know, sometimes you hear the word succession planning or the term succession planning, it being an employee that's a relative versus a close friend or whomever, no matter Mm -hmm. who it is. You yes. want to have it outlined in these agreements. The agreements go by many different names, operating agreement, buy-sell mm-hmm. agreement, yep. partnership agreement. Mm-hmm. And then on the personal end, you want to have whatever personal documents of, of the mm-hmm. owner, the deceased owner, you want to make sure that those are in mm-hmm. line mm-hmm. and don't say things contrary to what the business documents right. say. Right. So Good you point. want to make sure that the trust says, for example, if there's a trust or a will, mm-hmm. not that it has to specifically reference the agreement, although it's mm-hmm. great if it does, 
sure. it's great if it yeah. does, but it's, you want to make sure that that it says something to the effect of, look, you know, this our agreement takes a back seat to any agreement that may or this trust takes a back seat to any agreement that may have been drafted in the business. So many times that the drafting mm -hmm. attorneys don't have the foresight to do that or or the client right. doesn't ask the, the, the attorneys to do that. And it just it just, again, plants the seed for potential conflict down the road. It comes down to, you know, a point of, you know, to blow it down a bit, two takes two points. One is that, you know, an ounce of prevention can be worth a pound of cure, right? That, you know, to just, to just go to say, go to ULEN and have you draft these documents so that when the person dies, their wishes are clear and the right. law can look to those agreements and say, okay, these are contracts that are binding. That's, I think, a key part. And also just the consistency, right? To make sure right. that, you know, the left hand knows what the right hand is doing and that's what I hear at the marrying of these two uh, practice areas. We're Absolutely. actually at our commercial break, believe it or not. But when we when we come back, you know, I'll ask Len more about some of the unique approaches that you know, that Garza Law takes in providing business law services and estate planning services. And we'll talk about this issue as well of estate planning and, and proactive prevention. So folks, stick around to our show, Employment Law Today, here on Talk Radio NYC. Our guest tonight, Len Garza corporate business attorney and estate planning attorney. I'm your host, Eric Sauver, employment law attorney. We'll be back in just a moment. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Employment Law Today here on Talk Radio NYC. I'm your host, Eric Sauber. Our guest tonight, Lynn Garza, attorney and founder of Garza Law Firm. And, you know, really, this is like music to my ears today, I must say. But as an employment law attorney, I tell my clients that the importance of, you know, of, of making sure that agreements are drafted, that employees know 
your obligations, you like their rules and, and procedures, that performance violation issues are, are in writing, and that the company's you know, plans are, are documented too, so that there's consistency, right? There's, there's, there's evidence that's needed, and there's uh, sort of a, a, a straight line to where they're going. And I hear that with a lot of what you're saying tonight as well. And so I wanted to just make a note that you're still, you need it just as a reminder, because I know it's easy to forget. I forget that sometimes too. But um, so I'm wondering in the last, you know, last segment of our show, if you've told us a lot about how you work and we can see your passion, but what are some perhaps specific or unique approaches that, let's say, Garza takes your offer in providing your services? In what ways do you differ from other uh, business law or estate planning attorneys. Right, right. I, so, so that that actually, we can totally see, by the way. Oh, th yeah. thank you, Eric. Yeah, sure. and, and I'm glad that comes across because it's really, um, it really, I take a lot of uh, gratification from mm -hmm. seeing that value from clients. So, sure. um, but, but there, there are certain things that I have to do. Um, to make sure that that that's realized, right? And it goes to the way um, I practice law, we practice law as part of my firm. Um, sure. and, and that goes to really getting to know the client and the client's mm -hmm. business, business, family, their history, their personal situation. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that takes time to do that. Well, that takes a couple of things. It takes interest, number one, to have the interest to do that in time, Eric. And, and those were things, you know, the big thing when I was practicing for, for bigger firms, it was so tough to do that as much as I wanted mm, yes. to because of the dynamics of working in a bigger firm, right? Mm -hmm. There are those hours that you have to bill, those yeah. metrics you have to meet, so many things going on, um, you know, mm -hmm. so many different things to manage. Uh, it was too easy. Um, and not only was it easy, was it easy to happen for things to become so transactional and just yes. become a box that you tick off um, and just for uh just for clients to become a number, right? And and I'd never mm -hmm. want to think you never want to think of clients as a number, but right. when that when that proverbial pile is is in your desk and you're you're staring at so many unread emails and mm -hmm. you know you have phone calls you have to get back up, get back to and it just keeps stacking and stacking and stacking. Um, you know, the 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 straightest path for, from point A to point B is a straight line, right? right. Get there as quick as I can. Can get it done so I can get to the next thing on my desk, right? Yeah. And what that doesn't leave time for is building relationships, finding out right. more about the client, you know, versus rushing them through a meeting, finding out the bare minimum that, that I need to do to do my job for them, doing mm -hmm. that job, and then moving on to the next, right? Um, that yeah. is not what I do in my firm, right? So in my firm, I'm able to, to build it to where I and the other attorneys were able to take the time with the client. It's crucial. It's essential to do that right at the, right at the front. So for those clients, yes. potential clients or people that are that are looking for that that are looking for a lawyer that can actually they can actually sit across from and talk to mm -hmm. like a real person and yeah. have that lawyer listen to them and mm -hmm. craft the solutions specific to them and their business and their family situation the dynamics mm -hmm. that go into that 
that's the law firm that we are. And that that's the aim that that we try to take. Right. right. And so that takes longer time. Um, we we really don't bill like a lot of the larger firms by billable hour. We have flat mm-hmm. fee arrangements, yeah. certain certain hybrid arrangements, things <laughs> like that, um, mm-hmm. because uh, that is something that really goes within our model. But it all really goes down to what we call the high touch nature. What do I mean by mm-hmm. high touch? Meaning mm-hmm. by when the client needs to reach us, they can reach us or, and we're getting back to them, right? We're getting mm-hmm. back to them within 24 hours. It may not be, depending on the question, a substantive answer, but at the very mm-hmm. least it's, you know, Mr. Smith, Mr. Jones, Miss Gonzalez, yeah. we hear you, we see you, we'll get back to you. Just we right. may be in a meeting or we may be away from the office at this point or whatever, but, but really letting the client know that we're there. You know, I hear it so many times and I think mm-hmm. lawyers in general, get a, mm-hmm. get a bad rap for this. You know, a few bad actors mm-hmm. out there that, that yes. don't get back promptly to clients or, right. or overbill the clients or pad billing or whatever. Mm-hmm. I hear these stories all the time. So really um, it is when I'm working with somebody or talking about working with somebody, it's really conveying and communicating to them that, Hey, me and my firm, we're the opposite of that, right? We're going to treat you and care for you like a real human being um, and and really Mm -hmm. provide a customized solution for you. It's not going to be forms. You can go get Mm -hmm. forms off legal zoom or free or low cost online. They'll be of questionable quality and and efficacy. Mm -hmm. Will they work? That's a huge question, but that's Mm -hmm. why they're at the price point. They are to get customized help. Mm -hmm. Um, there, there is that out there and you don't have to go to the big mega firms that are, that are, um, that are, that are built great for certain types mm-hmm. of organizations, Fortune mm-hmm. 500, Fortune 100 companies, but sure. there is a place for other business and other, other clients. And, and we're one of the law firms that provide that space. Excellent. You know, I can see why we connect well, because I share that philosophy in my own practice, my own clients as well. But for those listening tonight, you know, this is Len Garza of the Garza Law Firm. And certainly that, that personalized care, that attention is so crucial. We've got about a minute left, so I want to give you a little time just to quickly tell us your contact information, how do we reach you, your email, web address, what, what have you. Sure, absolutely. So so contact information. Our firm is, is a fully virtual law firm. So although we're located in Princeton, New Jersey, um, we meet clients all over. So we're prior, primarily based in the Northeast, um, mm-hmm. but we do have clients all over. Um, we associate with, uh, with local attorneys where necessary by the local state's bar rules. But mm-hmm. if you're anywhere around the country or in the, the Northeast quarter, Northeast region, um, and you have questions on anything we discussed tonight, feel free to reach mm-hmm. out to me. Probably the best way to get in touch with me and find more information is on our website. It's www.lgarzalaw.com. That's mm-hmm. L Garza Law. That L letter L is very important at the end because there's another Garza Law firm yes. out there. Uh, that That is not us. You want to make sure it's lgarzalaw.com. And on our website, you can find educational articles, materials mm-hmm. on estate planning, corporate law, other videos. Um, and of course, if you have questions beyond that, um, it has our contact information directly there as well. Excellent. Len Garza. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauber. Stay tuned for more great shows on Talk Radio NYC. Uh, once again, uh, great to have this conversation with you. And for those that tune in every week, come back next week at 5 o'clock. We'll be here with other great topics. So once again, then thank you so much. Have a wonderful night.
Thank you. Bye. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.